Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 634. If you'd like to have a copy of it, just tell us whether you'd want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including postage and handling. Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. That's uh, message uh, tape number 634. All right, I've got music, I've got letters, and I've got a powerful message one that most people in the world don't know anything about, but it's straight from the Bible, and people better learn it now because it's the truth. And God is the God that gets filled full of wrath, and he condemns people that uh, don't like his word, and condemns people that like to fellowship with antichrists. So the thing is, is uh, right now, let's pray. Father, Open the windows of heaven, pour out your spirit, anoint this program. Lord, show the difference between Christianity, true Christianity, being a born-again Christian, part of the body of Christ, members of Christ's body, and then those that just profess to be Christians, that believe a lie. They love to believe lies. Father, that souls will be saved in the church, the true church of God's strengthened, which is the body of Christ. Rebuke Satan, and close every door to him, confuse him, Father God, and open every major door and even the littlest ones to your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, and everyone says amen. amen. All right, uh, here's a very dear friend of mine who's gone on to be with the Lord, Porter Wagner, and he's singing a song called Through the Eyes of a Blind Man. I'd always thought I'd seen a lot of beautiful things in my life Until a blind man showed me something more beautiful than anything I'd ever seen One morning I was standing on a street corner waiting for a bus When I heard the tap of a cane Then he walked right up beside me looking straight ahead through dark glasses. And his Bible of Braille was in his hands. He said, Good morning, sir, in a voice that was soft and kind. It sort of startled me for a moment, for I had no idea that he knew I was standing there, because I hadn't made a sound. Then I spoke to him, and to start a conversation, I said, are you waiting for a bus? He said, yes, sir. I'm going out to the college campus to give a lecture on Jesus. Would you like to go with me? He said with a smile. You might enjoy yourself. Although I'm not the world's greatest speaker, my subject is of a man that's different than anyone else. I guess it was curiosity that caused me to go, or maybe the strange look about him. But in a short time, I found myself on the college campus, seated with the students in the gym. 
The room was as still as inside of a tomb as he walked to the podium in the middle of the room. Then he opened his Bible and put his hands on the braille as though he was touching the hands of God and said, God, please help these people to see what I've seen. Show them the right path to trod. Let them look through my eyes and see the love that Jesus has for them and those that were there at the campus that morning. They all saw Jesus through the eyes of that blind man. All right, praise the Lord. Uh, we have some um, letters today. Where's the first one from? From Munster, Indiana. All right, let's hear what they have to say. Dear Pastor Alamo, I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy receiving the CDs that are sent to my house every week. Your teaching from the King James Bible are very uplifting. Your comments are so true. I know you are a man after God's own heart. I pray for you and your family daily that you will receive all of God's blessing, that the literature that you also write will continue to cut through people's hearts all over the world. I know that it will because I know that the Holy Spirit has given you the words to write. Enclosed is a tithe and thank you again. I also distribute your literature. I have given some pictures of people receiving them the last time I came to visit. The response in the Chicagoland area is great. Your sister in Christ, Madeline Broderick from Munster, Indiana. All right, you have another one. Yes, from Ghana, Africa. Dear World Pastor, I am very delighted to write you these humble words. How is your condition of health? I hope everything is normal with you. The purpose of writing this letter is that about a year ago, I and my family were worshiping idols. But now, through the goodness of some people who were roaming around preaching the word of God, we have turned from idol worshiping to Christianity. Pastor Lamo, your Messiah book is winning souls, and your gospel literature totally turned us from idol worshiping. Now I can assure you we have burned all the materials used in worshiping the idols. Please, Pastor, I and my family want to be your distributors, so please send plenty of your literature for those who have lost the path of God Almighty. Please, if possible, send us your literature, some Messiah books, and Bibles for church services, because we are new believers. I will make sure when the literature arrives that we are serious in making the word of God to prevail. I hope my request will be granted, and may the Almighty God richly bless you with abundant blessings. Yours in Christ, A. Frederick, from Abitifi, Kwahu, Ghana, Africa. All right, praise the Lord. We're still back in Romans, and I'm having to reiterate this because people have been preaching it so wrong for so many years that it's new. It's going to be very beneficial for you to hear what I have to say, which is really what the Lord is saying through me. Now, a lot of people uh, don't understand uh, that there is no difference, really, between Baptists and Catholics. Now, the Baptists believe once saved, always saved. Well, okay, let's uh, do that. There's people that are homosexuals that come into the church, and then um, they uh, get saved, 
And then they start going back to their old homosexual way. And uh, verse 26 of uh, chapter 1 of Romans states, For this cause, and the Baptists say they're forgiven, they're not vile anymore. For this cause God gave them up, the Baptists, into vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Well, uh, the Baptists say, okay, brother, you know, we forgive you. Uh, the only difference is the Catholics say, okay, brother, sister, just go and say a few Hail Marys and uh, Our Fathers and light a few candles. Uh, but uh, that is why God has turned them over to vile affections. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, man with man. And I did this uh, some of this yesterday, that's true. But uh, the Bible says that we're saved by the constant reproof of the word of God. Because the reproof of the word of God is the way of life. So lust one toward another, men with men working. That's why, uh, which is um, unseemly, is working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves. This is not a very uh, good thing that these people are doing. Uh, that recompense of their error, which was meat, which was good for them. They're going to get recompense for throwing so many souls. Now, the, what need is the homosexual or the whoremonger or the uh, lesbian or uh, any of these people that uh, commit serial polygamy? Now, polygamy is fine with the Lord, but not serial polygamy, where you divorce a woman uh, that you have, and then you get another one. But the Lord is uh, a fine. He never brings any bad statements or condemnation against polygamy. But he does for these people that um, are into serial polygamy. So the Lord gives recompense to these type of people that believe that uh, a lighting of a candle or saying, Hail Mary... And all these ridiculous things, or people that preach that God is all love and that there's no recompense for preaching sin. All these people are going to hell because they say, once saved, always saved, you can just do anything you want. And so the sinners, they love to get in that church so they can just keep doing what they're doing and believe in their hearts that they really are going to make it into heaven, which is absolutely contrary to the Bible. And even as they did not like to retain God, the word of God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a mind that is uh, rejected, a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, Fornication. All these uh, Baptists and Catholics are filled with fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness. They're evil. They're wicked. They separate themselves from you because they know you're right and they're wrong and they get convicted. 
full of envy. They don't have what we have, and so they envy us, but they won't do a blessed thing to cause themselves to be blessed like I am. Covetous, malicious, they hate, full of envy. Murder. They hate the real brethren. That's murder. If a person hates a brother in the Lord, then that's murder. It's the same as murder. Debate. Deceit and liars, malignity, cancerous, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God. They hate the word of God, which means that they hate God, because God is the word. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud. They, they, they just want to believe what they want to believe. They don't care what God says. They exalt themselves over God. They say, we will be like the Most High God. We're proud. We boast. We're inventors of evil. Pride, proud, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Proud. Pride always goes before a fall, the Bible says. Amen? Amen. All proud people that exalt themselves above the Word of God, God himself, And they boast themselves about inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Verse 31, without understanding. You people don't have any understanding. That's why you always say, I don't understand. You don't understand on purpose is what it is. Without understanding. Covenant breakers. Without natural affections. uh, Implacable. Unmerciful. Verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. So you people, you Baptists and you Catholics, God is going to kill you unless you repent. You're worthy of death because you lead people to believe that once saved, always saved, and that lighting a candle and chanting to dead Mary is going to save your soul. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Chapter 2, therefore, verse 1, Thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art, that judges, because you're judging with your own judgment. Now, as I stated in my last message, that um, polygamy is never condemned by God, never condemned by Christ, never. They say, well, it says, he says, if you divorce your wife and marry another, that's what you people do. A true polygamist don't uh, desert any of their women save for the cause of fornication. Um, take David. One of his wives despised him. He didn't throw her out on the streets to become a prostitute or tell her to do anything. He just put her in ward. But he kept supporting her. He clothed her, he fed her, and he housed her. In a grandeur, I might say. But the people that are of the Baptists, the Catholics, they go out and commit fornication all the time. And they bring home AIDS and every filthy thing to their wives. 
but a polygamist doesn't go out on their his, their wives. And here you've got these Honyaks, these Texas Rangers, taking the little children away from their parents, you scumbags. Just as the federal international government, because they did the worse than that, even with the people at Waco. You bastards uh, murdered them. You said, well, they were being abused. No, you're a dirty liar. They were not being abused. You could tell by looking at them on the film that they were never abused. But uh, what could be more abusive than burning them to death? You people are Satan, is for sure. For wherein thou judgest, now, uh, these people are true polygamists. They take care of their wives and children, and their children and their wives are happy. But you people, you go out and have sex with every woman that you can get your hands on, and then you um, impregnate them, and you send them to the uh, murder uh, compound. Those compounds, uh, they call it... Uh, uh, other than murder, it's murder. So you send her over to the abortion parlor, the murder parlor, and you think that you're going to get by with it. And you're the people that are judging these pitiful Christians. You scumbags. Therefore, thou art an excusable, inexcusable old man, whosoever thou art, doesn't make a difference, doesn't matter who you are, that judges with your own judgment instead of God's judgment. God says it's fine, it's approved, so long as you take care of your wife and children. But you're saying it's evil, and yet you are a serial polygamist. You have sex with this one and that one and this and that and this and that and this and that. Then you marry a woman, and when you get tired of her, you kick her out and get another one. That's uh, serial polygamy, folks. And you condemn, you see, you don't care. You send them to the murder parlor, and you kick them out on the street to be prostitutes or waitresses or whatever. For when thou judgest another, and your judgment is your own judgment, now you turn around and say, uh, we want them to be in jail. Well, as I brought out in the message yesterday that no man that is a Christian in the New Testament or old ever turned their brother or their sisters in. But you people do that because you've joined the beast, the Antichrist. And you're, you're, that's an unforgivable sin, mate. Okay, so for wherein thou judgest another... Thou condemnest thyself, because these polygamists are doing it legally, and they're supporting their wives and children. But you, you scumbag, you're out there doing everything uh, and uh, not supporting anybody. For thou that judgest, you do the same thing, so you do worse. Verse 2, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Your judgment is of the devil. So God's judgment is according to truth against them which commit such wicked things. Verse 3, 
And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? You're a bunch of whoremongers, and you're uh, riding herd and uh, calling people to order. You're serial polygamist. Or despise thou the riches of God's goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God uh, leadeth thee to repentance. Hmm? Did you not know that? Verse 5, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart, you will not uh, stop your lighting of candles and stop preaching this false doctrine of once saved, always saved, that you could just sin every day of your life. There's a man I know that says, yeah, I could murder every day and get by with you filthy scum. And I told him to his face. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath. Oh, my God, I'm going to see that one of these days, that you people that sported yourself amidst the people of the land to see God's wrath on you. So treasure stuff unto thyself this wrath, God's wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous, righteous judgment of God. Verse 6, who will render to every man according to his deeds? Verse 7, to them who by patient continuance are in well-doing, serving the Lord, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life in heaven. Verse 8, but unto them that are contentious, they're actually contending with the word of God, and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. You're obeying Satan. God's going to pour out his indignation and wrath on you. I sound angry, but it's amazing that you're not. Why are you not angry at Satan? You just say, okay, Satan, I'm glad that you killed my son. And I forgive him. The Bible does not give us the power to forgive that kind of sin. The Bible says that the people that do such things should be put to death. And I agree with God. Too bad you don't. Okay, so uh, wrath, verse 9, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil. Are you doing evil? I think so. You join the Antichrist. The only one in the Bible that did evil like that, the only Christian, was when Satan entered into Judas like he has you. And they turned the brothers and sisters in. The Bible said that they will forsake one another. They will betray one another. What do you think you're doing? Uh, tribulation and anguish upon you. And every soul of man that does evil like this. Of uh, the Jew first, because God always puts the Jew first. 
for salvation and for uh, condemnation if they're doing evil, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Verse 10, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good. In other words, that does the work of God. To the Jew first, again I say, God always gives the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with God. I mean, if the Jew does evil, he dropped about three million of them dead out on the Sinai Desert. And only let two of them go into heaven, into the that which is symbolic of heaven, the promised land. Verse 12, for as many as have sinned without law, shall also perish without law. And as many, because the Lord is going to do it, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Now, if you're committing, uh, if you don't love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, if you murder, if you commit adultery, fornication, if you're a liar, you're going to be judged by the law. No liar. None of these shall enter the kingdom of heaven. No covetous person. Verse 13, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but you also have to do something. But the doers of the law shall be justified. Now, if you know what the word of God says and you don't do it, you do the exact opposite. You turn in Christians and you condemn those that are living a clean, wholesome life, supporting their wives and children. You're going to be judged by the law. There's nothing in the law that condemns those. But you, it condemns because you're a serial polygamist. You're out there watching filth and you're having two women, three women in bed at one time. And you women, the same thing with you. Verse 14, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Wouldn't make any difference. You kept the whole law. If you didn't uh, love the Lord thy God, that's the major one. If you don't listen to God, you're lost. In other words, if you don't ask the Lord to enter into your heart, the Lord Jesus, and wash your sins away, and let him do his work in you and through you, and if you don't allow yourself, yourself, your former life to die out, and begin allowing Christ to do his work in you and through you, well, then you're lost. Verse 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts. The meanwhile, accusing or else excusing themselves or one another, Verse 16, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel, Paul says. 
Verse 17, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and uh, restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God. Verse 18, and, and knowest his will, you know his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed of out of the law. Verse 19, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, the light of them which are in darkness. Verse 20, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Verse 21, thou therefore which teachest another, teach thou not yourself? Aren't you teaching yourself too? You that preach a man should not steal. How about you? Do you steal? Verse 22. Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery. And you shouldn't. You should have your own wife or wives, according to the Bible, God's word. Dost thou commit adultery? Hmm. Do you have a mistress somewhere? Like the mayor of Los Angeles is on the front cover of Los Angeles magazine. Yeah, you're a polygamist, mayor. Yes, you are. But uh, she's gone now. You're not supporting her. You're a serial polygamist. Who's your mistress now? Now, personally, you know, I'm telling you what the Bible said. For the love of your soul. I like to instruct people so they have a chance. You'll never be able to stand at the judgment bar of God and say that I never instructed you of how you would go to hell or how you would go to heaven. Thou that abhorrest idols. Are you a Catholic, Mayor? You're uh, Spanish. Dost thou commit sacrilege? If you're Catholic, you do. Now, Billy Graham, the only ones that ever come to his uh, meetings are Catholics and uh, Baptists because they both believe about the same way. Light a candle. Don't need to even Baptist say you don't even need to light a candle. Don't need to say Hail Mary. You're just once saved, always saved. You're say you're going to go to heaven. No, that is not true. You're a liar. Verse 23. Thou that makest thy boast of the law, well, you choose, through breaking the law, what you do is dishonor God. Verse 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. Uh, how is it blasphemed? Well, you're going out and telling everybody that it's wrong to be a polygamist, especially if you're taking care of your wife or wives and children. 
So you're teaching people the exact opposite of what God says. You Western culture people, you don't know the Bible. We Jews wrote it. You need to listen to us. For um, verse 24 again, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles. The Gentiles think you're right, that it's not all right to marry more than one wife, but it's all right to go out and commit uh, serial polygamy. Go marry and then get divorced. You know, marriage, a marriage license doesn't mean anything. Get married, and then you can shack up with her for a while, and then when you get tired of her, throw it on the street and get another one. That is divorce, and God said that your soul will go to hell for that. Polygamists don't divorce their wives. Sometimes uh, their wife might leave them. Well, they're going to be condemned too because if they go out there, the Bible says that they're going to commit adultery. And there's, uh, I can't forgive that. And God, uh, he did uh, to one woman, but uh, if she doesn't continue in well-doing and uh, serving the Lord, well, then she's going to hell. I haven't got the power of God to forgive adultery fornication, or these major laws of God. So you have to get to the Lord to do that and then start serving the Lord. Because if you don't serve the Lord, then you're worse than, um, you're like a witch. Because a disobedient person, you read the word to see what it says, and then you just keep disobeying it. That means you're a witch and you don't get to enter heaven. Because he, yeah, the Bible even says in the Old Testament, suffer not a witch to live. In other words, they're to be stoned to death. Verse 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. Vu. Tu. As it is written. Uh, verse 25, for circumcision verily profiteth if you keep the law. In other words, we have to have our hearts circumcised by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit, when Jesus, with his Father, by the Holy Spirit, enters us, our heart is pierced by the Holy Spirit, and it's, uh, that's called circumcision. But if that happens and you don't keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, your circumcision, or Christ entering into you, is made uncircumcision. That means that your heart, even though it was circumcised now, you're not saved at all. As a matter of fact, you've rejected Christ, you've rejected God, you've rejected the Holy Spirit, so therefore the Holy Spirit rejects you. Now, if you did it ignorantly, well, the Lord will forgive you if you repent and uh, walk uprightly in the Lord. Verse 26. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, in other words, the Gentile, Keep the righteousness of the law. Shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? Verse 27. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, because nobody's born circumcised, if it fulfill the law, if these uncircumcised people, uh, the Gentiles, if they fulfill the law, if they complete the law, judge you now, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. Verse 28, for 
he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, and that just because he got circumcised doesn't mean that he's he is a Jew. Because um, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Verse 29, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit, and not in the letter, oh, all these uh, Pharisees, they knew just exactly when the Messiah was coming, just as very close to it, but they didn't want to go see Jesus, all they knew the word was by the letter instead of the spirit, whose praise is not of men, but of God. I would rather be praised by God than man, wouldn't you? Amen. Well, that just simply means that your heart is circumcised. You have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you, and you are able to not only bridle, the whole body, but uh, also the tongue. Now, the whole body can be bridled, but no man, uh, you can do that. You can discipline yourself to be an acrobat, a boxer, all different types of things, a, a person that runs races or swimming or all many different things, learning how to type and so on, but no man can tame the tongue because it's a very unruly member. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to the Holy Spirit controls the tongue. The Word. Chapter 3. What advantage, then, has the Jew? Is there an advantage by, for being a Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Is there a profit? In it? Yes. Verse 2. The Apostle Paul says, Much every way, chiefly because that unto them, unto the Jews, we Jews, were committed the oracles of God. We wrote the Bible. And so you Westerners, don't try to teach it to us. You don't even know the Bible. You don't even know the Lord. Verse 3, For what if some did not believe? Some of the Jews. What if they didn't believe? Some of them. Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? No. I mean, if this whole country and the whole world doesn't believe in God, it still makes the um, the word of God to those that believe, uh, makes the faith, but does the, their unbelief, just because somebody else doesn't believe, does it make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. So it doesn't make any difference how many blue suits you Baptists put on and comb your hair, you know, like Buster Brown and wear, you know, Buster Brown shoes and use, uh, use rose hair oil and uh, cheap aftershave. Things like this doesn't make any difference how Innocent you look. Ah, but you're not innocent. God forbid, yea, let God be true, 
but every man a liar as it is written. That thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and uh, mightest overcome when thou art judged. So you're saying one thing, but make sure you do the same thing that you say. If you're teaching and preaching the law, then make sure you do what the law says to do. Verse 5. But if our unrighteousness commends the righteousness of God. You think that's what these Baptists and Catholics are saying. Oh, you're unrighteous. Don't worry about it. You're unrighteous. You know, just light a candle and say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, and all this stuff. All this insane things that are not mentioned in the Bible, though. And the Baptists just don't even care less. They care less than that. But if our unrighteousness, in other words, you're saved, but you say, yeah, we can still sin. God saved us so we can sin. You lying dogs. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what um, shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance on you weasels? I speak as a man. Verse 6. God forbid. For then how shall God judge the world? All right. So you say, well, uh, we're sinning and everything, but we're righteous. Well, what's God going to do with you when you get up there? Okay, you're a Christian adulterer, a Christian fornicator. You're a uh, one of these uh, serial polygamists. Oh, you know, the people out there in Texas, they're evil, and I'm good. Yeah, sure. Well, how's God going to judge with your judgment? He's not going to judge with your judgment. Your judgment is dung to him. How's God going to judge the world? For if the truth of God has more uh, abounded through my lie, and you're lying unto his uh, glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? Because it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian sinner or a Gentile sinner. God's going to judge you as a sinner, no matter what kind of a sinner you are. The soul, every soul that sins shall die. Verse 8. And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, hey, like the Baptists and Catholics and all those that have united themselves with them, hey, let us do evil. God uh, has not condemned us. He saved us to sin. You liars! Let us do evil that good may come. Uh, and Paul says, people that say that, whose damnation is just. You're damned! Verse 9. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they 
are all under sin if they don't repent. Verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous. This is before they're saved. When we all come to the Lord for salvation, there's none of us that's righteous. None of us can uh, save our own soul. There's nothing that we can do to save our soul. But after the Lord saves our soul, well, then we have to do what he says. He says, now come and follow me. Deny yourself. Take up the cross and follow me. As it is written, there is none righteous before that happens. No, not even one. Verse 11. There's none that understandeth. Yeah, why? Because they never read the Bible. They don't study it. There is none that seeketh the word of God, that seeketh after God. Verse 12. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not even one. And that is in the world. The Lord told me, you're all that I have. Do you think I would say that and put myself in jeopardy before the Lord? That he kill me? I don't want the Lord to kill me. You're not that important to me. If you want to go on and live in your own sinful ways and make up stories about, yeah, once saved, always saved, so we can do anything we want. You said the prayer, that's it. You know, that's all there is to Christianity. You're a liar. You're a bunch of devils, you false prophets. Verse 13. Their throat is an open grave sepulcher, an open six foot under, or a sepulcher. With their tongues, they have used deceit. They have used deceit, the poison of asps, A-S-P-S, is under their lips. Verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Now, we have the right to be angry at Satan or to be... Uh, to fight him. We've been commanded by the Lord to fight him. But we're not to be bitter about the word of God. We're not to be full of curse the word of God and, a bit, and be bitter about what he tells us to do. Verse 15. Their feet are swift to shed blood. That's what these people that have joined the Antichrist are doing. They say they're Christians and they're Swift to shed innocent blood. Verse 16, destruction and misery are in their ways. Verse 17, and the way of peace have they not known. Verse 18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. And that's the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. There's nothing else for us to do. Verse 19, now we know. That what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. Well, if you're under the law, that means the law has you in jail. Uh, you're being condemned by the law. You're uh, ready to be sent to hell in the lake of fire.
That's the law until you repent and stay repented. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Guilty! Verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. The law doesn't save your soul. Only Jesus does. And you're under the law, but he takes you from under the law and puts you, raises you from the dead to serve God and not sin anymore. So uh, the law, there shall no flesh be justified in God's sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So he says, now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested before being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So you read the law and the prophets and you see what they were able to do and get by with it, which was nothing that wasn't in the law. And so you can uh, see it there, that there are people that have kept the law. So you can't say no one's perfect or it's impossible to keep the law because that's a lie. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith in uh, of Jesus Christ. So you can become righteous by having faith in Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God. So the law and the prophets is the word of God. It's Jesus and um, unto all and uh, upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. So I'm going to continue on uh, with this tomorrow, the next message. So it's time to pray now. Now I'm going to teach you the word. You can have faith that you'll have power from God if you listen to what I say. Because it's from the Bible. Um, but you don't have to worry about stumbling if you stay in the word. Study it with me. So right now, you want to be saved, it's very easy for you to do so. Just say these words to the Lord. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit. I know, because your word says so. Your word says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I have called upon you, Lord, and I know that you have heard me. And I know that you have answered me, and I know that I am saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands up and praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Thank the Lord for saving your soul. And uh, get a King James Version of the Bible and read it, the old King James Version. 
Now, uh, Sharon, tell the listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 634. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Lama saying tune in tomorrow for another very scriptural, revealing teaching of the Lord. And um, and here again is Porter Wagger singing for you, Lord, I'm coming home. I've wandered far away from God now. I'm coming home The past of sin Too long I've tried Lord, I'm coming home Coming Many, many precious years But now I'm coming home I now repent With bitter tears Lord, I'm coming I'm coming